Welcome to Simulator Review, helping you find quality flight simulation with the world's most comprehensive listings and reviews of simulators. Welcome to episode 3 of our new podcast for the flight simulation community. My name is Alexis and I'm joined again today by my two colleagues from simulatorreview.com, Andrew. Hello there. And Elliot. Good afternoon. If you have listened to our previous episodes, welcome back. If you haven't, do check them out. Episodes 1 and 2 give a great introduction to who we are and about our website, simulatorreview.com. We are all at home a bit more at the moment, so in this episode we will talk about what we are doing and how we are keeping our hand in for flight simulation. Firstly though, on to our regular simulator news update where we cover news at simulatorreview.com and in the wider simulator community. And we go over to Elliot for this. So Elliot, what have you got for us this week for simulator news? Okay, so podcast three news. Uh, that is that we've seen the addition of the green pins now finally to our website. Uh, we spoke about the website map and our database last week. So just to recap, the Green Pins is a venue that we've not been able to visit just yet, but we've made a good two-way contact with them to ask a few more details about the simulator. So we started with Flightpad in West London, a 737 fixed-based simulator, and we've got plans to visit them uh, as soon as we're all mobile again. And uh, we've also emailed Canada and a few venues over there across the Atlantic as there's some exciting simulator locations that we thought we'd like to mention. And Andrew's got a little bit more about those. Yeah, thanks, Sally. We had, uh, as you mentioned, two. From Calgary, we had Altitude Flight Simulation Centre. Uh, uh, excellent setup. Uh, they've got uh, quite a unique uh, four F-18 Hornet sort of combat zone, which looks really exciting, and a 737 uh, fixed-based uh, simulator as well. Nice wraparound visuals. And uh, situated right next to Calgary International Airport too, so it really does add to the atmosphere of the, that location. Uh, over in Toronto, there's Threshold Aviation Airliner Adventures, again right next to Toronto International Airport, so a great location there. And very unique with them as well, they've got a retired, shall we say, a 737 uh, knows. Uh, it's a former United Airlines November 911 Uniform Alpha. Again, great visuals there. Great to see with them as well. Collimated visuals. They've got a uh, tactile vibration system through the seats. So an excellent setup. And them as well, VATSIM and real weather hookups. So uh, some excellent uh, venues there. So we're looking forward to be adding to that green pin uh, portfolio as we go along. And we like to see actual aircraft parts. So along with their 737 nose cone that they've chopped off, they also took quite a lot of the bits with them as well. So they've got a real yoke, real thrust levers, control panels, instrument clusters, etc. Yeah, and you can really feel that difference, particularly if you've you know, been, uh, you know, even just sat in the flight deck of, say, a real 737. You know those sort of genuine the MCP, the yoke, the pedals. You can really get that feel. And with the ad additional features they have there it looks like a really good experience so uh, we look forward to getting out there sometime nice one thanks andrew uh, that's it for you alexis great thanks for that elliot 
This week's main topic is about what we are doing at home now we are not mobile. So much of what we do to add to simulatorreview.com is about visiting simulators and reviewing them in person. But obviously this has stopped at the moment. So how are three young, attractive and thrusting simulator enthusiasts getting their kicks during lockdown? So if I could start with you first, Elliot, what flight simulator things have you been doing uh, and getting into at the moment? Uh, well, I've downloaded an app called Infinite Flight that I've been playing on uh, in the evenings with something to do. It's quite a good app on the iPad. You can fly online. Lots of choice of aeroplanes between light aircraft airliners and uh, with the paid subscription you can unlock pretty much every airport in the whole world so it's been quite good fun to go and fly in the Himalayas over in the US local airfield uh, in the UK but you've been on it a bit longer than I have Alexis haven't you have you found it uh, yes I've had infinite flight for about six years I think now and I as you say it's it's a great mobile app for flying around you can easily pick it up there's no real setup and, and start flying within a couple of minutes. And you can really do a whole range of things, either flying small GA aircraft or flying large jet uh, aircraft and doing proper routes. Um, there's so much that has come to Infinite Flight over the last couple of years in terms of flying around globally. And you can do long routes from London to Singapore if you want, or you can just do circuits around a small airfield in a Cessna if you want. And around that as well, there's a big community of people which has been built up around Infinite Flight, which you can go online and see tips and tutorials about how to land, how to set up routes. There is also, uh, recently, the start of virtual airlines as well. So that's something I've got into in the last year or two, uh, flying for a virtual airline, which really gives me some purpose to picking up and flying the sim uh, as well on, on the mobile app. And it does add to the realism, which is what we're all about. We're trying to find the most realistic simulators um, when we do, you and I have also had a little bit of fun doing a bit of formation flying, haven't we? Yes, it was great. We did some formation flying in Infinite Flights, and that was the first time I've done that. Uh, we're in a 777 and a 787 together, and we uh, managed not to crash into each other, fortunately, and got some great photos. So, Elliot, I think you've taken it a step further, and you've got uh, some flight controls which you're using as well with your Infinite Flight app. Yeah, I thought I'd experiment, so I bought the cheapest joystick uh, with a throttle on it that I could find and experimented with an app called Live Flight Connect, which is available for sort of Microsoft-based or PC-based systems as well as Mac. And what that does is it connects via your Wi-Fi connection at home to the computer and then to Infinite Flight. It's a little bit tricky to control with the trimming, but it uh, just adds another dimension to what would be an iPad simulator and uh, quite a cheap way to get flying at home. Uh, so you've got quite a fancy setup at home now as well, Alexis, haven't you? Yes, uh, I've been looking at flight controls recently and there's been a huge amount of marketing and publicity and reviews about the Honeycomb Alpha Yoke, which has come out recently. I think we felt we needed to try one out and see what it was like. So uh, I've got one and I've been flying around with it for the last two weeks. Um, and it's a really good yoke. It's expensive. Um, it's about £250 for the yoke. And certainly my feeling is it is worth the money, even though it is relatively expensive. I think both the the quality of the materials, the feel of the yoke, the ease of setup on the on your desk and on the on the sim, so I'm using X-Plane with it, it really does has made a massive change to my flying, uh, and I really don't regret buying it. I think what adds to the realism for the yoke is that it's designed by 
actual pilots and actual aeronautical engineers. Honeycomb have got a background in providing flight simulator parts for many years. So this might be their first outing into home flight controls, but they've been around for quite a while. Yes, and I think there hasn't really been a big change in yokes coming out for the last five or ten years. The main ones at the moment are really those things like the SciTech yoke, which has been a big seller. And then if you want to spend more money, you're really getting into the really expensive yokes like the Yoko yoke, which is about £800, which is a serious amount of money to spend on something which is just the yoke, thinking that you need to get a set of pedals and a throttle as well. I think the one... I suppose bad point that I've found or one minor point I don't like about the yoke is it does feel quite stiff in terms of the pitch. Uh, That's probably realistic in terms of some aircraft which you may fly. For example, like the old 737 Classics, it is a heavy aircraft in terms of pitch, but for a home flight simulator, it possibly feels a little bit heavy for me. Yeah, it's probably okay when it comes to flying light aircraft around as well when you're in big pitch movements, etc. But flying these jets uh, that we fly, it's very, very small movements, uh, especially when coming into land. And that's where I think there's a limitation of this control. Andrew, you had a point as well about the location of some of the switches and orientation of thrust levers. Yes, yeah. I certainly know. I noticed that going from 7.3, sorry, sidetrack going from 7.3 to triple. As you're saying with the larger, particularly the wide bodies, uh, movement and pitch is very subtle. You know, particularly even in the flare stage, you, you find the yoke moves for very little. But uh, So that would be interesting how that, how that control system feels on the, on the wide body flying. Yeah, with the uh, pitch trim, so... Uh, which way is the yoke? Uh, is it left or right hand? And are they up or down or left and right? How are they doing that? So the main switch on the yoke for trim is on the left-hand side, like you would have on a captain's seat. The, the problem with that is that most of the third-party throttles that you buy to add on, and, and the honeycomb yoke doesn't come with a throttle, so you do need to buy one, most of them are configured for using the throttle in your left hand. So you have this awkward situation where you're trying to use a throttle in your left hand, but then don't have your left hand on the, on the yoke to, to trim properly. I've been getting around it a little bit by taking my hand off the throttle for a few seconds and then trimming and putting it back on. It, it's not ideal, I think, but it's it's the workaround for the moment. I think the thing that will change that is that Honeycomb also have their own throttles coming out later this year around uh, the summer or autumn time. And that you will be able to have it on the right-hand side. So you will be able to have a configuration that works as a system where you have your left hand on the yoke with a trim switch and your right hand on a throttle, which is on your right-hand side. So are most thrust uh, setups or, or quadrants and so forth, are they generally designed then for left-hand? So are they designed for single-seat operations? Because most guys flying around a multi-crew will generally sit left-seat captain. So why are they setting up as a default for left-hand side thrust movement, which would be the FO side? Um, I had a long look around trying to find this throttle that was set up for the right hand, and there just doesn't seem to be any so uh, i think you're right they're all set up for a left-handed throttle right hand for flight controls i think the reason for that is most of them are set up to work with a joystick so the thrustmaster 
throttle I have, effectively you can buy it separately or you can buy it as a system with the Thrustmaster joystick. And, and that, for that reason, it's set up for you to have the joystick in your right hand and the throttle in your left hand. Um, so I think that's the reason that very few of them are set up, or hardly, uh, and none of them I've found, are set up to, to work the other way around. Because if you're predominantly right-handed, which most people are, you know, you would be wanting to f- potentially fly with the joystick in your right hand and the throttle goes in your left. I think most of them are also designed in such a way that they're not really reversible. So the one I have, uh, it's not just the shape that is set up for the left hand, it's all the buttons as well. So even I, even if I moved it and ter- put it on my right-hand side, uh, I couldn't easily then use many of the buttons because they wouldn't then fit with, with where my hand would be. I think a big thing as well is these joysticks and thrusts, um, throttles, thrust levers are set up for fighter pilots and a uh, fighter set up. So none of us have flown a fighter for real, but Alexis and I certainly had a go in a Phantom fighter jet simulator in Harrogate. And again, the setup was stick in right hand, throttle in left hand. Uh, yes, yeah, so I think the alternative really is that there is the Cytec throttles, which you can get, which are a lot cheaper than the Honeycomb ones that are coming out later this year. And also, more importantly, available now, which you can have on your right-hand side or your left-hand side, and you can easily configure either way. I think with the Yoke as well, when I've been trying it out, I've predominantly on flight simulators, I tend to fly the jets and I tend to fly the 737 because that's the one I'm familiar with. I've also been flying a little bit with small general aviation aircraft like the Baron just to try it out or not. And I think Elliot's point is right, really, and it's what I've found, which is in the GA aircraft, it's it's really actually a fun yoke to use. In the 737, there is a bit of a dead band in the middle which is a bit more noticeable because your movements are a bit more uh, inputs are a bit more subtle but to be honest i'm getting used to it and the last thing that we've uh, discussed between us when we're talking about the yoke was uh, you feel that you definitely need a throttle and pedals in order to get the most out of this yoke so you could just buy the yoke itself but it necessitates some additional purchases to get the full realism yeah so initially when I was trying to fly at home, I was before that they came. I was trying to use uh, a keyboard and a mouse, which is just a recipe for disaster, really. I think the basics you need for home flight simulation are some kind of yoke or joystick, some kind of throttle, and some kind of rudder pedals. Uh, and it really depends on how much you want to spend. I personally, my preference is I've spent more on the yoke, I've spent less on the throttle, and I spent less on the rudder pedals. Uh, I mean, there are some great products out there, and the Thrustmaster TPR rudder pedals, which have just come out, look fantastic, uh, all metal construction. The, the pedals are hung from the top, so really authentic movement. But at £400, it's a heck of a lot of money to spend on a rudder, and I personally have gone for a cheaper uh, option uh, because I just feel like I'm not going to get the money out of that. Um, you touched on it a little bit earlier, but uh, you've been using X-Plane 11, during our research and playing around with the simulators the last few months, we've also noticed, and it's quite difficult to miss, the uh, upcoming release of Microsoft Flight Simulator 2020. Is this uh, worth waiting for? Is there what, anything we can do in the meantime? Well, I think everybody in the meantime has been looking at the specs that have come out from Microsoft now and wondering whether their PC will run it or looking at upgrading. Fortunately, I think mine is above average in the specs i should be able to do it but i think we'll see what it looks like and certainly the videos that we've seen the microsoft flight simulator 2020 looks fantastic out of the box whether that means that 
the likes of P3D and X-Plane will fade away and Microsoft Flight Sim will be the predominant product on the market, it's difficult to tell. Uh, I certainly couldn't predict what's going to happen, whether we're going to have a flight simulation ecosystem where you have three existing together or Microsoft will just wipe out the other two. You guys have been talking about the home market and what uh, people are up to is they can't get out and about. Once that starts to open up again with the simulator venues, the Pair 3D is the dominant software running on that. The visuals are quite spectacular. Do we see Microsoft then stepping into that niche, into that market with their product? Do we see any changes happening there? Well, all the venues that we've been to, it is P3D or Prepare3D that seems to be the predominantly run software. There's always the feasibility for another flight simulator or background simulator to be installed and used. However, a lot of the venues have spent quite a considerable sum expanding the flight simulator, add-ons, airports, weather, flight planning, etc. So it'd be very interesting to see if they do make the change. A lot of the default features of Microsoft Flight Simulator do cater for these extras. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see what they do. I think in the future we will see some venues running Microsoft Flight Simulator and, and that will be a massive change. And I look forward really to seeing the first one and seeing what it looks like. Great. Well, at least we are able to feed the simming bug whilst we're all at home. But I think we all look forward to visiting venues again, as home PC simulators are not really a substitute for uh, playing around on the real thing. Thanks to Andrew and Elliot for that interesting discussion. So there you go, that's what we're all up to whilst at home. Let us know what flight simulation you have been up to whilst at home. Have you been getting into a new simulator, spending more time flying around in your PC, or been investing in new simulator hardware? In our next episode, we will start having a look at one of the simulator venues in our database, which we have visited and now has a featured review. We'll be going a bit more into the background of our review and some discussion of what we thought the venue was like, so I hope you'll join us again for that. In the meantime, please do subscribe to our podcast and leave a comment and a rating in whatever podcast host you listen to us on. For now, though, it's goodbye from me and goodbye from Andrew. Goodbye. And it's goodbye from Elliot. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to the Simulator Review Podcast. We would love your feedback, so please do comment and rate us. Please follow, share, like and subscribe on all our social media channels where you can see regular updates on new simulator listings and reviews, as well as our latest articles. Until next time, happy simming.